This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. Homesdale Radio. Sponsored by FanDuel.co.uk. The next generation of fantasy football. Hello and welcome to an uncharacteristically happy Homestar Radio. I'm your host Chris Ambling and today I have the pleasure of guiding you through a review of a Crystal Palace win. A home win with a clean sheet. It was Ito Karenka's Middlesbrough who were the visitors to Sellers Park as the Eagles sent them packing through a fine finish from Patrick Van Arnold. It was a solid display and Palace were rarely troubled in seeing the game out. The panel will be having their say in just a moment. We also want to hear from you. You can contact us via Twitter at Radio. Head to the chat room, hlradio.net forward slash chat, or if you're listening live on Facebook, you can comment directly on our video. If you want to find out how to do that, just search us on search Homestow Radio on Facebook. We'll be right back after this message. tells a story keep up to date with ours on instagram at homestale radio right uh just to introduce the panel first and foremost with me today i have mr tim warren good evening good evening tim i also have mr jack watson hiya all right (laughs) (laughs) sorry sorry, you didn't sound as excited as tim did Oh, well, it's a tough act to follow. But, um, no, very excited. <laughs> Good. All right, I'll take your word for it. And also, we have Mr. Ed Kellaway. Good evening. Good evening, Ed. That's Ed, Jack and Tim, three of the new boys. Uh, of course, my experience will guide them through. But as, uh, as was pointed out earlier, it's a little bit like an FA Cup tie where we're playing the youngsters and we'll see how we get on. Um, (laughs) plenty to talk about today Uh, can I point you in the direction of www.donate.holradio.net as our final little push as we try and uh, raise money for next season as you'll probably know if you've been paying attention we managed to pass our initial target uh, of 750 quid um, 
I think we're now up at uh, about 1150 for next season, which is extremely positive. Um, we're grateful to everyone who's donated. But, you know, the more we get, the better the show will be next season. So we're last little push. If you can spare some funds and you like what we do, do go to www.donate.holradio.net. Uh, help us crowdfund and uh, reduce adverts and all that kind of stuff for next season. But uh, very excited and very grateful to those who've donated so far. Uh, one little thing before we get into the, the the main match review and all that kind of stuff, just a little topic to, to sort of get us warmed up, if you like. Um, you would have probably seen the photos on Twitter and Facebook and what have you of uh, what initially was thought to be the Middlesbrough coach being vandalised by a, let's call it an an enthusiastic Crystal Palace fan. Um, and as it turned out, it turned out to be a coach that Middlesbrough had borrowed from Palace. So this enthusiastic Palace fan or group of fans managed to cost the club £40,000, uh, seemingly, uh, by doing quite a, a, you know, I guess I guess a kind of a, a modern artwork on a <laughs> on a quite a plush-looking coach. A um, little bit embarrassing, to be honest with you. Uh, but I wanted to get the guys' opinions on that. I'll start with you, Jack. What did you think when you saw that? I mean, if it's any other club, it's absolutely hilarious. But um, it's a little <laughs> bit embarrassing. Um, yeah, 40,000. Um, so, like, it, yeah, it is embarrassing. Um, you know, I can I can see before we talk before the game about how we're going to make sort of the atmosphere intimidating. I can, you know, see why someone might have done that to try and give us a bit of an edge. But, you know, very silly. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's definitely backfired i would say uh ed your thoughts i mean i, I don't want to give away your profession but i'm sure you'll take a dim view of, yeah. uh, of such a bit. It's, uh, it's just a bit embarrassing isn't it even if it is their coach it's just a bit i'm all for creating a sort of unfriendly atmosphere for them when they're inside selhurst park but that's just a bit amateur hour isn't it especially doing it to the, the coach yeah. that has actually belonged uh, belongs to us and we're going to be footing the bill for it it's the sort of thing if Brighton did it, I'd have an absolute field day. I'd be on their forums in about five different usernames, just absolutely ripping into them. But, um, exactly. But a bit hard to take at our end of things. Uh, yeah. So, Tim? Yeah, echo those comments. Pretty sad, really. Um, the irony being it was our coach. Um, and also the fact that we, you know, we finally win a game at home and then we're talking about a coach that's been redecorated. You know, it's, that's, that is Palace, isn't it? It is. We have to do something wrong somewhere along the lines. But look, I, you always you raise some really good points about the whole thing, the idea of creating this this intimidation. This uh, There was some, uh, I don't know if it was actually true, but I'll repeat it as a, an allegation that apparently the, the hotel ministers were staying in, the firearms were set off, all this kind of stuff. You know what? I think you said it before the show, Jack, but didn't you? Anything for a win? Yeah, whatever it takes at the moment. <laughs> whatever it takes. Uh, I don't know if I'd go that far myself, but um, but it's just, I don't know. I, I feel, I don't like to, to bring it up as a negative, but you, you can't help but feel a little bit embarrassed, really. Um, but what was really positive, and I'm sure I'll come back to this later on and mention it throughout the show, is that aside, the actual... Um, the atmosphere in the ground was was absolutely superb and, and did all those things. It, you know, it made it an inhospitable place for the opposition, um, and it made it a, a much more positive and rewarding environment for Palace. It's the it's the best we've been in a long, long time. And um, I know the HF put a statement out before the game about how they were going to approach it, and they were true to their word. Absolutely magnificent. Um, 
And once again, it, it seemed to inspire the rest of the crowd as well. So I want to see a bit more of that. And it was great to see the players, the, sorry, the fans lift the players, who in turn could then lift the fans with, with a great performance. It, you know, we weren't, we weren't sitting in our seats waiting to be inspired. It all kind of came together. So great to see. Um, but I thought I'd better bring that up. Otherwise, it would get, um, wouldn't get mentioned during the course of the show. If you've got any views on that, do get in touch. HOLradio.net forward slash contact for all the ways to do that. Uh, no phones this week because we haven't, I'm not, well, we haven't had a chance to test whether we've uh, fixed the Skype problem that, that uh, Microsoft keep creating. But uh, there we go. Uh, hopefully that'll be back in the next uh, week or two but you can still get in touch on twitter at holradio or join us in the chat room holradio.net forward slash chat uh, also comment on facebook live we've got jack looking at facebook comments and ed is in the chat room uh right let's let's just get let's just go for it guys um one of the first the first point i wanted to talk about was we had a chat in a we have we have a, a facebook group chat facebook messenger group chat and we were all talking when the lineup was announced over uh, what we thought about that. And I'll, I'll pick out what I said. Um, I was once again devastated to see Wayne Hennessy in goal. Um, I was. I, I looked at the midfield three and I thought, well, how can you drop MacArthur? Got to have punching in there. And the other one I picked out was uh, Andrews Townsend. I, I, I just I assumed he would play left. And I'd have, I'd have gone with Jeff Schlupp over him if he was fit. So he seemed to be. So that that's where I was sitting. And, and I honestly couldn't... I, I looked at it and I thought the formation looked a little bit withdrawn. I thought, we've got to go out and we've got to beat Middlesbrough. Is this sending out the right message? So I think I was pretty negative before the game. I don't know how you felt, Tim. Um, to be honest, I think James McArthur was the biggest shock to me. Um, I think he's been our standout player all season um, and certainly the last player I would have dropped. Um, all I can think of, I mean, we've had a good couple of weeks or 10 days together. Um, all I can think is that they've done a lot of work on the training field and, and for this game, Big Sam thought, you know, that was the team to put out and, you know, they've gelled together most on the training pitch. But yeah, MacArthur uh, was the biggest surprise for me. And Ed, your views on that, that initial lineup? Yeah, I think I put my sort of what I would have liked to have seen out on sort of Twitter on Wednesday or Thursday, which is exactly what you've just said. Those three, I think it would have been um, Punch wouldn't have been in there. I would have had McCarthy in the midfield, um, and then Schlapp out on the wing for Townsend as well. I was quite confident, sort of leading up to the game during the week, and then less confident when I saw that lineup and then obviously seeing Hennessy in goal still I was really under the impression that Mandanda was fit again I thought he'd played a couple of games for the under 23s and obviously we had the two weeks off with everyone doing fitness work I was very surprised not to even see him in the squad yeah it's a, it's a strange one there and I'm, I'm not too sure why he is the guy, he's definitely fit uh, I know uh, Doc Brown tweeted um, or Ben Bailey Smith as I think he goes by now tweeted uh, that you know, a picture of him with Mondanda and saying that, the, the, you know, he's 100% fit now. Uh, but obviously Speroni was on the bench over him. So you do wonder if we're going to see him again. Um, uh, finally, uh, Jack, your views on that lineup. You know, it was, I think it was my, what I was surprised at most was Dan and Delaney, um, both on the bench. Usually we'd expect to see one of them. But um, I don't know, I was a bit bit surprised to see MacArthur uh, not there either. But I thought, I thought, you know, Definitely fair play to um, Big Sam for shaking things up because the last few games, you know, it hasn't gone 
you know, the, the way that he would have wanted it to. And, you know, I think he was right to shake it up a little. Yeah, he was really, it was very critical in the week of, uh, of, of, of the yeah. players saying, of course, you know, that the players aren't getting my message. And he, he was very forceful, said, you know, I'm the one who knows the tactics. I'm the one who, who knows how to approach these games and they've got to start listening to me. And it was, I was really interested to see him pick those words. And, you know, because obviously the inference is that the players, you know, the in-game management, they've been taking it upon themselves to sort of do what they think is best rather than listening to their instructions. And, you know, that's where, as you pick out the two weeks that they've had, I think has had a, had, did have a, a proper impact on how they set up, um, and it was obviously noticeable. There wasn't weren't any really early changes or anything like that. I think the subs were pretty late, if I remember rightly. Kabai was one who went off because he was on a yellow card. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, late on we had um, Zaha went off and Van Arnhout went off as well. But much later in the game. So everyone was very, very clear on their job throughout the entire 90 minutes. So... Uh, it, was, it was interesting. I was I was down uh, at the club on Friday uh, with Nick Philpott. We were there for super secret reasons, and uh, we, we, we were having our discussion. We actually managed to end up in the same lounge as the entire first team squad of management. Um, so it was interesting to see the the mood in the camp. Uh, they look very very relaxed, very very together. Um, you know, it, it was you know. Sacco was sort of in and amongst it and I really after his performance which we'll talk about in detail I'm gutted I didn't give him a big hug when I saw him in reception because uh, what a player he is but um, it was really good to see a, a really tight-knit relaxed group you wouldn't have known that they were battling relegation that the tensions had been so high they looked really happy you know all the, all the management eating with eating together with the players all that kind of stuff and Trust Nick to. Uh, he was. Uh, we were talking about predictions for the weekend ahead, and in his loudest possible voice, Nick declared would be one 0 down at half time. Just as Sam Allardyce was around a yard from him, um, <laughs> so and Kevin Keane came and told him off, which was <laughs> which was very amusing, but uh, absolutely typical of Phil. But he cannot help courting controversy. But uh, yeah, I, I bring that up because I just thought it was. It was you know that's just a little glimpse as to you know things are. They used that time well, and I think that that's a really good observation uh, from you chaps. Right, uh, just notice we've got a tweet in from uh, Nav saying, what sort of a run does the team need to go on to forgive the jinx that Patrick uh, brought on us? If you don't know, Patrick visited us um, in December 2015, uh, and he was the start of this terrible, terrible run of football. <laughs> uh, it's horrible because it's totally unfair and Nav keeps bringing it up, but I, I take absolute delight in reminding Patrick of it. So I think we probably need about a year and a half of good form before we forgive Patrick um, for that. Right. Anyway, that little distraction of that tweet there, just to bully Patrick while he's not on. Um, guys, so getting, getting a little bit away from the... Um, from the sort of the detail of the uh, you know the, the lineup and how we felt obviously we've got this um you know we, we go into this game we, we call it a six pointer if you like it's it's the biggest game of the season how surprised were you that that we we came out as strongly as we did ed you know considering the lineup considering what we've talked about you know you're already a little bit on the back foot like myself with 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 who we've picked but we really did come out of the blocks flying didn't we we did, yeah, very pleasantly surprised. Um, I think we've come accustomed to turning up at Sellers Park and not seeing us start brilliantly, but it was really nice just to see them come out 
really out of the blocks flying and they were pressing I think punching and um sorry uh, Townsend and Benteco really good at pressing that back three of Borough when they were trying to knock it around and were sort of hurrying them into sort of rushed clearances to be able to us win possession sort of higher up the pitch and it was really nice to see us come out of blocks so quickly yeah definitely and um you know again we you, you mentioned in there um but, you know, it was a surprise. I did, I did forget to mention one of the other surprises in the lineup, which was Jason Punchin being named captain. Uh, we've got a we got a, an email in about that before, which we'll um, we'll come to a bit later on. We've got an interesting opinion on that, but it's just something I wanted to bring to everyone's attention. We did obviously note that, um, but we'll, uh, we'll we'll give you some opinions on that a little bit later on. Uh, but yeah, absolutely right. We we we, we came out and we did well. I suppose the the ultimate question has to be, Jack: Were we good or were Borough just bad? I think Borough were concerned that they would lose and then be dragged into the relegation scrap a little more. So it looked like for me that Borough were, you know, wanting to come away with a draw. They would have taken a nil-nil um, at the start, and I think, I, I think you know, Palace saw this one as a must-win. You know, it's a home game against a team that's near us. We haven't got the easiest, you know, uh, games coming up. So I thought, you know, we thought it looked like we went out. We we're going to go and test them early on, um, sort of unnerve them a little bit because they came up with a defensive plan. Um, you know, I, I think it was one of the one of the best starts I've seen at Sellers for a long, long time. We came out with such intent; it was really, you know, it was really refreshing to see. Definitely, and in those early exchanges, Tim, um, well, I think it was quite prevalent uh, down the left hand side. Zaha spending a lot of time out there as well, but Van Arnholt getting forward. Obviously, we know he was the one responsible for the goal. But before that, we saw um, plenty of crosses coming in. There was a cross to Benteke's head where he, he managed to head the ball straight at the goalkeeper when kind of either side would have done, but. Um, I suppose that that was something I'd pick out was perhaps the most surprising miss because he, he doesn't usually miss from there, does he? No, no. I think it probably surprised him that the ball come in, um, you know, into that position really because um, in previous games we've not been so good at doing that. Um, but uh, you know, like you say, down that left side, I think Zahar and um, and PVA they linked up really, really well. Um, they looked like a really good partnership there. Um, and obviously, um, the fullbacks have been told to get the ball into the box for Benteke, which is what we should be doing. Yeah, and, and and Ward was uh, was responsible for playing, you know, a couple of really nice sort of balls over the top and and um, in, into Benteke. One of which just clipped his hand, was given a handball very very harshly, I thought, uh, but brought out a good save when he sort of turned and shot. Um, and it was it was pretty dangerous in that first half, Benteke. But you're absolutely right, and it was interesting that you know Burroughs lineup uh, picking a back three had you know Allardyce said after the game it really surprised him that they'd actually gone and done that, but. I guess teams have had success against us with with a back three. Hull did pretty well against us. I think Burnley did it. Um, one or two others, I'm sure. My brain's just not quite quite thinking at the moment. But yeah, I, we, it was it was a real. It handed the initiative initiative to us because it meant we could double up on their on their wing back. And I think Downing of all people had a had a real tough time um, in a wide position. But in that opening, in those opening exchanges as well, Ed, the first uh, the first shout for a penalty. Let me ask what your view was on the Zaha challenge. It was Ayala, I think, who was chasing him. He tried to get in, get in down the left hand side and cut round behind him. As he's gone to take a swing and cross the ball in, he's got a you know got a shove. Let's face it, from Ayala. Uh, can you see that one um, being given? Uh, I mean, it's one of those ones, and there was a couple throughout the match where. And you feel like anywhere else on the pitch, the referee will blow his whistle for it. But in theory, that shouldn't really matter. If it's a foul, it's a foul, or relative of where it is on the pitch. But there was a few yesterday that 
you could accuse Bobby Manley of just bottling it. I think he knew how big a game it was in terms of the scrap down the bottom and he just seemed convinced that he wasn't going to give a penalty and create any controversy. But that one, he's he's done Ayala and he had the beating of him. Wilf had the beating of him all day and he, him and PVA figured that out quite early. Every time Zaha fronted Ayala up, it was just a complete mismatch. And he's, yeah, like you say, he's got round him to the byline and he's, whether it's Ayala being a fairly experienced defender and he's just done enough to lean him out, um, or whether it's been, Wilf being a little bit lightweight. But if that happens in the centre circle, the referee, you know, nine times out of ten, will probably give a free kick for it. But yeah, it seems to be that it has to be, I think yesterday it had to be sort of GBH or above to get a, <laughs> to get a penalty out of Bobby Madley yesterday. Yeah, absolutely right. Uh, Jack, you got some Facebook comments for us, I believe. Yes, uh, Colin Senior says definitely a penalty. Um, talking about that Zaha one just now. Uh, Mark Callahan says the whole team had a good game, but Wilf was absolutely outstanding. Um, David Trott says the atmosphere made the difference, plus a little tinkering certainly did help. Um, got a lot of appreciation for the atmosphere as well. Graz Griffin says I was sat in row nine in block B. It was a brilliant atmosphere. We didn't stop singing. And we've got... But Grant Saunders saying saying something so you know I'm here. Well, hello, Grant. Good to have you here. Um, <laughs> keep your comments coming in on Facebook. Um, read some more out. Great stuff. Thank you, everyone, for all your contact there. Uh, yeah, very well. Interesting comments there. And I, I, again, the comment on the atmosphere. Uh, there's been so much of that, um, you know, on social media and message boards, all that kind of stuff. I think people kind of kind of felt they had the old palace back, but it wasn't just the old palace on the pitch. It was the old palace off the pitch as well. I think if we can we can sort of harness that for the rest of the season, um, you know we got we got a shout. You know last last time we did a match review, we were you know we were all we were all down and out. We would had enough. Um, it really has breathed life back into us. So anyway, we've, <coughs> excuse me, we've covered most of the um, most of the stuff before the goal. Let's cover the goal. So we'd been threatening. It'd been all Palace and. Uh, what actually happened? It was I still can't make up my mind. I make up my mind every time I see it whether actually Wilf has a, gets a touch uh, or not as Van Arnholt plays the ball into Kabai because he's he's drilled a uh, drilled the ball in left footed towards Kabai who's in the area, but either either Wilf has a, does a fantastic flick or he just completely misses it and we get lucky. I'm not too sure, but Kabai gets the ball in the, um, in, the in the penalty area as a shot ball loops up, Burrow don't really clear it and it's. At that point, I think is it Townsend. I think it's starting to drop too. Am I right there? I can't remember. Anyway, uh, but Van Arnholt basically just takes over, completely cool head, uh, touch with the left foot, goes onto his right foot, and he just you know he's a, you don't think he's got a right foot, you know because he's the left back. Everything you know everything goes on that side um, in the games that I've ever seen him play, but. It's not just a, it's not a swinger like with the, with the with the bare foot. It's a brilliantly placed shot. Uh, really, really impressed. And it seemed, it seemed to take forever to go in, didn't it, Tim? It was kind of kind of one of those shots that you just think, well, that's that's not been hit hard enough. But it was yeah. absolutely perfect, perfectly placed, perfectly in the corner. Um, and and it just goes to show what happens when you hit, you know, when you aim for the target. Um, I think we've been so guilty at times of not not having a go. Um, I don't think we could say that yesterday. I mean, Benteke had quite a few where he hit it and, and was getting blocked. Uh, like you say, goodbye just before. But yeah, I mean, it just set up lovely. It seemed to take forever to go in, but what a feeling when that went in. And that was just exactly what we needed. We just needed that. And it, you could just feel the relief, um, you know, through the whole 
the whole stadium, um, the players, the dugout, uh, you know, the crowd. It was just uh, a wonderful feeling. Absolutely right, it was. Um, Jack, more relief or elation? Yeah, definitely relief. I think just to settle the nerves and the, you know, Allardyce been talking about the fear of playing at Sellers Park. Well, that, that certainly wasn't there, especially after the goal. Um, but good to see Van Anholt coming in and getting amongst the goals. Um, you know, I was talking to a Sunderland fan when he first signed. He said, you signed a winger who plays at left back. You know, I think you know, it's great for him to come and chip him the goals. But I think an early goal or a goal in the first half, and it was something that we really needed, especially as, you know, as I was saying, I think Sunderland, uh, sorry, Borough were playing quite defensive and it made, you know, it made the game a lot easier for us once we got that first goal. Absolutely, definitely right. And, you know, you talk about the relief and, again, you talk about the, the fear of playing at home. Did any of that fear come back for you, Ed, when, when in the second half when we started to drop deep? Um, I wouldn't say we were ever under under the cosh, but there were, you know, a couple of couple of spells where Borough, well, they certainly made Hennessy make a couple of saves, uh, put us under a bit of pressure. Did, did the fear start to come back for you then, or were you always confident? Uh, it did start to creep back. I think we, whether it was... Only being one up, and the players have that sort of fear of knowing that how big a game it was, and we haven't been that great at Selhurst Park, or whether they were instructed to sort of park the bus. It was, but we that what I spoke about earlier from our fast start of where we were really pressing them on the ball, we were giving them time to bring it out from the back, look, get their heads up, and start picking their passes, and we were sort of sinking further and further back. It was just it was happening from sort of you know 60, 55, 60 minutes onwards. You're thinking. Can we really defend our 18-yard box for half an hour, 35 minutes, given that yeah. the couple of times they did get sort of behind our fullbacks in the first half and crosses came across, it was still a little bit sort of panic. And I think there was one early on in, in front of the Homesdale in the first half, the, the crosses came about across and like Ward was hack, trying to hack it away. And so trying to defend like that for half an hour was concerned me that if we were going to try and see it out from there. Yeah, absolutely right. You know, we've we've not got much this season to lean on and to think that we're actually going to be able to do it. It's only really the Bournemouth performance where we, you know, where we negated another team, you know, for a long period of time. And you talk about those crosses coming in. Obviously, first half we haven't mentioned it yet, but Sacco's toe toe intervention <laughs> in front of Stuani before, you know, right on the pretty much on the on the six yard box, uh, header down from the Grado just. You know that's that's a goal all over, and, and what I would say is the centre backs that have been playing Delaney and Dan. That's what's been kind of missing from their game, if you like. They've been doing the basics right, but it's that level of focus. And I, and I don't mean to be critical of them because you know they're they're absolute heroes in a Palace shirt and have been for a, for a time. But seeing a defender do that, you know, that's that's as good as a goal in every way. It's just it's that, that minute intervention, that little bit extra, that little bit, you know, I suppose, you, I guess you play, you, you pay 740 grand a week. That's that's that little bit extra you get. But, you know, it, it was it was a breathtaking bit of defending and that set the, set the tone for me. And we'll, we'll talk a bit more about some crosses. But, Ed, do you want to make a, a point on Sacco? Yeah, I just thought yesterday you could just see it was just a sort of class better than any of the centre-backs we've had sort of at the club this season previously just there was that one you mentioned where he just t- got his toe in to flick it away before as it's Stuani's turned and shot there was one in the second half where they played quite a neat one two and the guys running at Sacco and you could just imagine 
don't like to dig him out, but Damien Delaney or someone either is going to have to let him run past him or he's going to bring him down for a penalty. And he's just shown him that little bit wider. The guys give him sort of half a yard. He's whipped it away. So nice slide tackle and the chance is gone. And the, a few times the ball, you can see it's going over the striker's head. He's just got the class to just see the striker's not going to win that. Dropped a couple of yards off, took, brought it down on his chest, played it out to Kabai or Punchin or someone in front of him and just started our attack from there. You could just see the, the bit of class that he had. That's, that's the word. Yesterday. That's the word. It's class. It's, you know, yes, you, you expect that from a player of that calibre, but actually seeing it is something else, you know, expecting it, but getting, getting someone who can deliver. Bearing in mind he hadn't played since, since uh, you know, the previous April. Um, it's it was you know it's like he never missed a beat and it's I think I saw some stats on it he, he you know he won a hundred percent of his tackles he had ninety two percent pass completion um, it, it was an absolutely stunning display of football and we will talk individual performances a little bit later on but uh, I think we got some comments on, on Facebook on Sacco as well I'm sure you want to have your say as well Jack yeah some are, uh... Um, Kirsten says Sacco had a great game. Mark Callahan, Sacco made the difference at the back, looked solid and calm on the ball. Um, and Chantel Hayes says Sacco is class, but doesn't anyone else agree he looks a bit unsure sometimes on the ball? Yeah, I think, you know, first game in 10 months, he's not going to be as sharp as I think Sam said after the game. He was quite surprised that he managed to stay on the whole game. Wasn't really expecting that. But, we, you know, that tells me that his best is yet to come. I still think we can see some you know better things from Sacco. And of course, I think I might be right in saying we, I don't know if he might be available in the summer. You know, he could become quite a useful centre back for us in the future. Yeah, I, um, I, well, we were trying to do a permanent deal initially, so I'm sure he is available. Um, you know, if we stay in the division, which I, which I very much hope we do, he's the sort of player that certainly if he enjoys it and we can afford him, it's a no-brainer. You know, we've got to get him. Uh, I'm sure he's capable of aberrations, like a like any defender really but just absolutely superb Tim you haven't had your say on uh, Sacco I'll give you a chance now yeah it was just um, it was just so cool wasn't he you know um, where our defence has been a bit shaky that's fair to say I think in recent weeks um, or months um, he just he just he took his time but he still managed to get the ball away there was that one moment where he knocked it to Tompkins in a bit of a awkward yeah, position yeah. but that was just one moment really that was probably his only thought I could find in the whole match and you know um, we still managed to clear it. It's just nice. It was just, um, you know, lovely to see a bit of calm at the back. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, yeah, it was calm, class, all those words. Um, obviously, it's one game. You don't want to get overexcited. And I think that goes for the fact that we won a game and had a clean sheet. Uh, obviously, we did the same against Bournemouth and didn't follow it up. And, and we're all very aware of that. But, you know, it's nice to be positive. <laughs> it really is. And Sacco was a, a huge, huge part of that positivity. There are plenty of other good performances, um, which, of course, we will talk about in a little while. Um, I, we mentioned a, a few of the crosses coming in. There was a, there was a dodgy punch from Hennessy um, fairly early in the second half, which, which had me worried. And he hadn't been under too much pressure in the game. So really, uh, quite I think probably for his benefit as much as anyone else's, it was nice to see him not playing a sort of focal role uh, in, in the actual match. But so let, let's talk about, I guess, some positives, really. The, the first one I would say is there was a, there was a direct free kick from uh, Gaston Ramirez, who, you know, he's, he's, he's good. It's probably a little close for him, really, because uh, he had to sort of get it up and down very quickly. But he got it on target. And 
one thing we didn't see. Do you know what we didn't see, Tim? We didn't see the Hennessy shuffle. I, I spotted that exactly the same time. Um, yeah, it, 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 it was, it's funny, isn't it? Because he didn't shuffle and the ball sort of just was there. He was in the right place. And I think, you know, I'm not sure if he actually did fumble it, but he still got it at the second attempt or whatever. And uh, yeah, danger averted. Yeah, it's amazing. If you don't take a step the wrong direction first, it's, you can you can actually just walk over and collect the ball, which uh, which is what he did. And I, again, I, I really I feel bad every time we, we, we slay Hennessy, but you know there's a reason we, we all lost confidence in him as a keeper in it, and it looked like the uh, the crowd did as well um, in general, and it looks like the players did. But you know he's got a clean sheet uh, out of that, and he, it, again you could say it was luck um, later on. I think again it was Stuani again. Uh, very close range. I'm sure, I'm sure you remember this one, Ed. Very close range, but parried the ball away nicely from a very, very powerful shot. And, it, you know, it was a positive performance, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, that Stuani one, I think the phrase straight down his throat was, I think if he hadn't moved his hand, it would have just hit him in the face and not gone in. It was literally fired straight at him. And I think he sort of, a, bit, a little bit of panic and he still sort of fumbled it and one of the defenders hacked it away. Um, but yeah, I mean, he did. He didn't have a great deal to do. We sort of limited them to a few chances. Most of them were straight at him. Um, but as I think Tim just mentioned, it was very relieving to not see the Hennessy shuffle. I was, <laughs> I was sat there saying to the, my dad and the blokes who beside me, I was like, "Oh, the Hennessy shuffle's coming. It's coming." <laughs> fully, fully expecting it to happen. I was like watching the free kick through my fingers. Uh, yeah, I was fully expected to see it, but my eyes were glued on his feet. I'm, I'm telling you, as soon as as as, he was, as uh, Gaston was running up, just yeah, good stuff. Maybe that's been coached out of him already. Who knows? Uh, you've got some uh, action in the chat room as well on Hennessy. Yeah, just some uh, chat about Hennessy. Um, Addington Eagle said, actually, uh, I think that dodgy punch saved a certain goal. Um, I think Nick the Eagles, our very own Nick Philpott, uh, said Wayne flapped at one. Um, uh, and Adam CPFC said, bar the really weak punch, you uh, think he played all right. Uh, and Eagle in flight says, Hennessy is OK. I'd rather have him than Mandanda if he doesn't want to play for us. I think referring to the uh, quotes that were attribu- attributed to him about um, how much of a pleasure it would be go- to go back to Marseille. Yeah, it's a strange one, isn't it? He obviously hadn't settled, um, although he's been looking a lot happier in these um, pictures and stuff recently. And he's, uh, he's obviously been out for three months, but he's back in full shape training now. But, you know, again, there's got to be a huge doubt over, over whether we ever see Mundundra in goal. And if and if we don't, it's going to be it's going to be big way until the end of the season. You know, people got to get used to it, I guess. Um, as much as we may or may not want to... Uh, but certainly more clean sheets and uh, I think his confidence and, and our confidence will, will certainly be on the rise. And maybe, maybe even Patrick will like him. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Patrick. That's just and may, maybe hell will freeze over as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, OK, we're going to take a very, very short break to hear from you uh, in our regular section. But I'm going to actually do it at the right time this time. Yeah, that's right. I've been paying attention to our show plan. It's just gone half past eight. It's time for Four Word Reviews. Pete Norwood in Sam We Trust. Matt Watson, that is a relief. Carl Newing, the survival starts here. Lucy White, we are staying up. Mark Callahan, hard fought three points. Alex Neal, can we win again? Russ Collins, not safe yet, CPFC. 
Matthew Mason, Luca ran the show. Molly Butler, EVA sticks us together. Phil Thompson, probably not the Phil Thompson, but up for the fight. Dave Winborn, can't believe it, amazing. James Wexler, victory at Selhurst, finally. CBFC SoCal, we did a win. Mrs. Miggins, or Judy Calland, referee was a disgrace. Dan Simmons, can we have Ranieri? Rhett Doyle, we're not coming last. Let's talk about the next generation of fantasy football at FanDuel. You select a team of Premier League players for a single day's fixtures. That means you're not locked in for the whole season. You can play, watch and win in one day. When your players nail it on the pitch, you rack up points and jump up the... Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Real Money Leaderboard. FanDuel's scoring system uses Optus stats to reflect every player's true on-field contribution. So, outscore your opponents and win cash for your football expertise every Premier League match day with FanDuel. And just for Homestale radio listeners, we've got an extra special offer right now. When you sign up, use the promo code PALACE. That means if you don't make money in your first contest, FanDuel will refund your entry fee up to £10. So go to fanduel.co.uk and use the promo code palace to grab the offer now what are you waiting for terms apply over 18s only please play responsibly it's weird i thought i just thought i had gel for a moment at the start of that section there must must have been hallucinating or audio hallucinating very very strange anyway um that was forward reviews thank you for your uh, obviously we get absolutely tons of these every week um we can't use them all otherwise it'd probably be an hour of forward reviews so but thank you to everyone who sends those in that was just a selection and uh, we always enjoy those um so let's talk performances everybody and uh, this will be a complete surprise to everyone but um during the through the course of today we managed to get an email in from a uh, a listener Mark, whose surname I have now lost. Sorry, Mark. Um, but he uh, he wanted to know what uh, what the erstwhile Mr. Gel Holyoke, one of our regular panel, um, who's often vocal in his thoughts around Jason Punchin and uh, his performances for Crystal Palace. He wanted to know what Gel thought of uh, of Punchin being made skipper. And here is the answer to that question. How good is Punchin? Thanks, Mark, for thinking of me. Um... It's a terrible thing when people just think of me and punching in the same sentence. Um, so, you, you basically want to know what I think about making punch captain. Well, um, 
bit of genius, really, from uh, uh, from Big Fat Sam because um, for sixty minutes we had we had the old punching back, which is you know any time we ever get Jason Punching playing well, it's it's obviously a bonus of Palace. It's not happened for such a long time that it's um, you know it, it really has become a, a, apparent how bad he's been by how good he was yesterday. Um, yeah, I, I, I would hate to think it was just because he was given the captaincy. I mean, um, like a goal or two. I, I'm, I'm not sure whether he's after you know like a percentage of the club, like ownership of the club for a goal or two. I don't, I don't you know, <laughs> that better be nice. But um, but no, he played well. It was 60 minutes of punch back, and it's brilliant. If we can improve on that um, by 2020, it should be fantastic for us. But th- <laughs> thanks for the email. As I said to Jill at the time, there's damning with faint praise, and then there's what that was. But uh, thank you so much to Jill for answering that question, and also thank you to Mark for getting in touch. Um, gents, your views on, on Punch the Skip, we mentioned it earlier on, but what did it have an effect on his performance, Tim? Um, I think it was a more mature performance. Um, I think in recent times, he's not been at his best. Um, I think we all know him from last season, he, you know, he's he's been better in an attacking sense, but yesterday he seemed to do the kind of untidy stuff. Well, he was just in the middle of the park and, and, and doing the ugly stuff, I suppose. And I just felt he grew into the game as the game went on. He just seemed to get uh, better and better. And I think he was a worthy captain in the end. Um, I, I kind of think, well, I did wonder if um, he was made captain um, being one of our own and all that to sort of, you know, everyone get behind the team and, you know, all this kind of good atmosphere and, but, you know, maybe I'm overthinking things on that one. It's, it's, do you know what? The thing is, I, I've seen so many different opinions on Punch throughout the course of yesterday's game. I mean, you, you have people saying he was terrible. How the hell could he be captain and be picked? To people saying he was absolutely sublime and a, and a true leader on the pitch. Um, so it'd be interesting to see the, the full range we get. So obviously do get in touch at home. Uh, at HOL Radio on Twitter, go to the chat room, hlradio.net forward slash chat, or message us on Facebook, just search Homestay Radio on Facebook, and you'll see we've got a live video which is streaming the show right now, so you can listen live on Facebook and comment at the same time. Uh, Ed, your views? Yeah, I mean, like I said earlier, Punch wasn't in my sort of starting 11 that I picked, that I sort of wanted pre-game. It was better than he has been, because I think he's been quite poor for a little while, whether it's confidence or anything like that. I just think recently he's been sort of quite negative. A lot of his passes have been sideways and backwards, which is not what someone like Jason Punchin is in your team for. Mm. Yesterday was much better. Um, I think he linked up sort of in that sort of central, slightly left central role with Van Anholt and Wilf quite often in sort of nice little triangles. But he's still, I just find him very frustrating, Punchin. He's a sort of, he likes to take five or six touches what he could do in two or three. He'll play the same pass that, Luca might have played in just getting it under control and spreading it out wide, but he'll have a couple of unnecessary touches and three or four times yesterday, especially when he plays in the middle of the pitch, he got mugged of possession, which really nearly caught us out a few times. He just sort of ponders on the ball a little bit too long sometimes in the centre of midfield and he loses possession too easily and against the better teams than Middlesbrough when that happens and they can switch on you and you're not set up in your back four and your midfield in front of you when you lose possession against the better teams they will just punish you for that we got away with it yesterday because Middlesbrough do lack a little bit of quality going forward but yeah better but it still frustrates me a little bit when he plays in the middle 
That's interesting to, to, to hear you articulate it like that because it, it, I, I can totally see where you're coming from and it's something that I well I used to criticise him when he played out wide for doing just that slowing it down but and you're, and you're right in the middle he does like to take a, f- a few touches a few extra touches uh, but similarly where you look at Kabai sometimes and I noticed this in the, in the midfield yesterday where Kabai fired the ball forward early uh, just as um, Luka Milivojevic was trying to sort of just gesture at him to calm down and play the ball about as well so it's interesting you kind of have polar opposites with Kabai I think tries to play too quickly at times and Punchin's playing too slowly at times ideally the two of them want to sort of meet in the middle somewhere and yeah. play, play at a certain pace there were, there were moments from Punch where there was, there was a bit on the right hand side where he sort of danced past a couple of people and drove into the box and had a, and had a shot on target that kind of stuff a, you know a bit of a flash of the old Punchin as, as Joe was sort of inferring and you know he is he's a very good technical player and it's just trying to harness it in the right way uh, and again I'll, I'll talk about what Punchin thought of his own performance in just a minute but let's get Jack's views on, on what you thought Jack I think you hit it there it was, it was the old the old Punchin I do you know for me it was you know I I like to see you know you know someone born just around the corner from the ground given the captain someone who loves the club and has done so much for this club being rewarded with the captaincy so for me I'd love for him to be able to keep that um, a little bit longer, a little bit longer term, you know, I thought it was really good yesterday. Um, yeah, old punching, lots of shots. You know, it was always quite, quite direct when he was on the ball. Um, he worked hard too. I think there was one moment when he was sort of sprinting back, made a tackle, and set Sahara up for a good shot as well. So, you know, I, you know, I love seeing punching um, in the Palace shirt. Even you know his form doesn't always merit a start but you know I thought it was just great for having to have him as captain have him back to his old best it'd be great if we can get more out of him yeah I, I'll be honest I, you know as I said earlier on and Ed said as well I when I saw the lineup I'd have taken punch out and put MacArthur in but you know I am susceptible to sentiment and to see you know punch who is a proper palace man captain the club you know in, in a match and and again him rise to the occasion I think overall um I, th- I thought that was nice. It was a nice thing to see, and the fact we got a win out of it, you know, let's, well, you know, let's give credit where it's due. Allardyce picked him as captain, and it seems to have paid off in that game. Uh, CPFC podcast got in touch. Do check them out. Um, Giving him a seven out of a ten, and I think that's that's a completely fair result. And I'll go. Uh, also, Mike CPFC can got in touch uh, saying Punchin was revitalised by not having to play deep because uh, Luka Milivojevic was in there and uh, we'll talk about Luka in just a moment but uh, last little bit on Punching was he was interviewed after the game on the the, um, the excellent Eagles media channel and he said uh, I think he said people would, would look at it and say it's not his best game which was interesting to see where he was on it you know he, he you know he felt he sort of played within himself a little bit um, but you know but did but did okay Whereas a lot of people are saying it's the best they've seen him in ages. You know, very odd. Uh, we'll get a bit of some of your views now. Uh, Ed's going to start us with the chat room and then Jack on Facebook. So, Ed first. Yeah, Punch, punch creating a fair bit of uh, talk in the chat room. Um, Eagle in flight is saying Punch is a late season player. Um, Nick the Eagle saying only for one or two games. Um, Eagle Simo says he's too hot and cold. When he's great, he's great. But when he's average. Um, and then Nick saying can't remember apart from the last time he scored apart from the cup final. So some differing views, but I think everyone in agreement is yeah, definitely is not performing regularly enough. Yeah, certainly been short on the goals for quite some time, which is which is a shame because when he does score the confidence and you know uh, 
it just makes such a big difference to him. Uh, Jack, chat room, please. So, uh, Summer oh, Kirsten... Are you, are you Facebook, sorry? <laughs> Summer Kirsten says, um, keep punching Skipper. Loved the centre circle before the game. Great, that was good. And then one of our own, Patrick O'Connor, says, Viva La Punch, Captain Punching can lead us to survival. There we go. So, a lot of positivity, which I like to see. And uh, long may it continue. Let's talk Luka Miljevojevic, because I'm enjoying saying Luka Miljevojevic. You've, re- you've really practised that. <laughs> I Honestly, all day today. Um, so impressed. I was, doing, I was doing it in the accent as well, that he did. A, My name is Luka Miljevojevic. <laughs> uh, but don't, don't do that at home, because... Unfortunately, it does send you slightly around the bend. I was just driving around saying it earlier on and getting some very, very funny looks at traffic lights. But um, it was given man of the match by a lot of people. I, I'm going to give my opinion later on. I'm going to start with you, Tim. What did you think? Well, can I call him Luca first and foremost, <laughs> <laughs> if that's OK? Um, to be honest, I thought he sat in front of the back four. Uh, beautifully yesterday he kept it simple um just like Sacco to be fair he just oozed confidence um calm and collected and you know dare I say it's an upgrade on Jedanek I don't upset anyone but and it's probably way too early to say but it it just felt good yesterday he broke up play and and he knocked the simple passes around and and to be honest that's what we've just been crying out for 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 so long yeah I'll I'll go along with that as, a, as some observations. Got some more to add to it myself. But, Ed, you first. Uh, yeah, very impressed with him. Um, I like the look of him. I think Stoke was his first game, wasn't it? And then yesterday, yeah, really impressed by him. I think he knew, he knows exactly what he's in the team to do. He knows that if Townsend, you Zaha's, they're the sort of your flair players that are in the team to create chances. So, he knows that when he picks up the scraps, the bouncing ball, he, his job is to get it under. His, his first touch is really decent. He gets it. He never takes more sort of one or two touches and it's there at his feet. And then he knows, right, I'm not in the team to try and run at the player in front of me and beat him with a bit of skill. I'm in the team to get my foot on the ball, pick up the scraps and give it to the Townsends, the Wilfs, Punchins, people like that. They've got a little bit more sort of flair and stuff. And he okay. just did the basics very, very well and was a really nice screen in front of that back four for us. Um, especially when they started going sort of long to Gestead in the second half and in the first half when they were trying to find Negredo. It was a really good little screen in there and for someone that's only, I think it was his second game, he was barking orders at people, pulling people, like set pieces, he was pulling people where he wanted them to be. So that's, a, I think, it's for someone coming into a, a new club, a new team in their second game to be you know, he's obviously, you know, he was captain at his last club. He's obviously sort of one of these leaders that people have been saying that we're missing that early on, just to be telling people that have been around at the club for a few years uh, around him, yanking them into position, saying, you do this, yeah. you do this. It was really nice to see. If you watch him when it's the ball's dead, he was organising people, telling people where he wanted them. So, yeah, very impressed by him yesterday. Yeah, well, like you say, you've got a you've got a leader there, and it's in a position where we've been short. You know, a, a central defensive midfielder who just does that job and, and knows how to do it well. Uh, your views, Jack? I was just particularly impressed with the way that he slowed down Middlesbrough when they came forward. I think if you look at the last few games um, where we've conceded goals through the middle, you know, the holding midfielder has usually been absent, allowing teams to sort of just have a free run at our defence. But you know, Luca really didn't give Borough much in that middle. Um, they were very slow in the attack. I think that was down to him, his positioning, his composure. You know, he was 
he's clearly confident in his own ability and you know we've, we've touched on it but it was great to see him sort of pulling players where he wanted a lot of people saying you know he could be a future captain and I thought if he continues playing like this this is the kind of player we need to sort of someone quietly getting along with their business doing things properly doing things right and just keeping us ticking over at the back absolutely right but should I be the one who put to pour a little bit of cold water on this because I thought I thought he was absolutely excellent, and and we'll talk in a minute about who was who we think was man of the match. He, he did really. And there's a moment in the first half which I think sums him up brilliantly, where both Borough and Palace were just knocking the ball long, losing it, and it was sort of a bit of head tennis, lots of sort of first touch, hopeful passing, and just at some point the ball just kind of looped up, and he just got, sort of took one look at it, took it down with a perfect touch. And then the next movement, the side foot pass out wide, perfect. You know, one fluid movement, no messing about. And all of a sudden, we're playing football again, not just knocking it about like a bunch of idiots. And that really made me happy just to see that we've got someone who can put their foot on it. You know, and, and you know, Ed, you, talk, you picked out his touch, you know, pretty early on, as, as did you, Tim. And that, for me, is the best thing about him, is, is just an absolutely superb first touch. What I will say is we've got to be careful with, with going overboard. You know, I, I thought it was a great little uh, story. So I called it a story. It was a great little tweet from Chris Grierson saying that when he um, told Luca that he was man of the match, um, he asked if it was voted for by a madman. Um, <laughs> just, just couldn't help but sort of, he was trying to hide a, a massive smile that he got man of the match because he couldn't believe it. But, and I, and I think that's because, of a little, a few little bits that I saw as well with regards to the pace of the game. I think there were moments in the game where, when he wasn't sitting in his sort of comfortable position with people around him, where we sort of get more involved in other areas of the pitch, that the pace was just a little bit quicker than he's used to. But I have every confidence that over time he will make that proper adjustment. And we're talking about the second game, as you guys have rightly observed already, and how impressive it already is. But not only is he doing showing the leadership, but he's just come to come to terms with the Premier League a lot quicker than I, than I ever thought he would. But there, for me, there are still the little signs here and there that, that it's, it pl- it's played at a pace that he's not used to. Not cost us yet. He's looked an absolute colossus so far. But... Um, I'll be watching that with interest. I don't want to, don't want to go overboard. Um, for me, there's, there's a difference between someone like him, who's looked fantastic early on, but someone like Sacco, who for me is just a real, that's a you know something to get really excited about from that one performance because he's not fit, he's not 100% fit, he's not uh, not played in ages, and, all, and he's come into the team and he's made a huge, huge impact. That's where I get really excited. Someone like Luka Milivojevic, I still feel could could go one way or the other. I'm being a bit negative, and I don't know why. He, you know, he had a fantastic game. I'll shut my face right now. <laughs> um, but talking about uh, performances, I'll, I'll be remiss if I didn't talk about Christian Benteke before we uh, before we talk any about anything further and, and give our man of the matches um, or men of the match. Don't know. How, don't know how to pluralise that. But anyway, uh, Benteke seems to be sort of polarising opinion a lot. Um, I've said my bit loads um, on Ben Seke. A very, very quick summary. I think he's a fantastic player. I think he plays a certain way. Uh, some people look at it and think that he's lazy or think that you know he has he has a bad attitude. I just think he knows how to play the striker position the, the best way for him. And I think he's an absolute class player given the right service. 
but that doesn't mean he's immune to having bad games or or poor runs of form. Um, but I think I think he had a perfectly decent performance yesterday, and with a bit more luck would have would have got a goal. And I think a lot of the uh, angst towards Benteke came from him having a go at Townsend at the final whistle because uh, Benteke sort of took three middles for players out of the game with a couple of great touches and a lovely pass, and uh, you know. But instead of just chipping the ball to the back post for an easy goal, Townsend's just sort of smashed it into the side net. Um, so I think Benteke is a striker, as a greedy striker, has every right um, to, to be angry at that. But those are my views. Um, I'm going to start with you, Tim, on, on, on how, how, first of all, how did Benteke play and what's your general thoughts on him at the moment? I thought he had one of his better games yesterday. And that's not to say that I don't think he's been been that good anyway. But I just think, Yesterday was all about the team fighting and, and, and playing as a team. Everyone knowing their positions. Uh, and I think he chased a lot of the balls down. Um, and to be honest, you know, he had a few shots as well. Um, and I can just see there was frustration there. Um, hence, there was a couple of snapshots where, you know, he, he can't quite get in those positions to, to sort of finish one off. And, and that, that instant at the end with Townsend was probably, that pretty much summed his, his mood up at the end there. Because I think, you know, he just wants to score goals for Palace and he had a great opportunity there to just tap one in and Townsend sort of just smashed it um, over the, uh, you know, over the bar. And, uh, you know, I kind of like that kind of reaction, really, because, you know, he's just frustrated. And I do think we need to give him better service. I know we've talked about the fullbacks, got the ball in the box a bit quicker, but I do think the likes of Townsend they've got to play to our strengths they've got to get the ball in the in the mixer um and and that's why i do get a bit confused by the fact that townsend plays on the right and not on the left where you can get the ball in yeah and that is a that is a strange still a strange one to me you know i don't i you know i still have that idea that it lessens zaha to accommodate townsend and townsend doesn't really deserve it but on the game yesterday, he gave going into performances. Townsend played really well, uh, as did Zaha. So I suppose that's kind of shut me up a little bit on that. But I know exactly where you're coming from, Tim. But but uh, back to Benteke, Joe. Your your views on him? I mean, again, on his, his his performance yesterday and in general, was he deserving of any stick? Um, I think we we tried to play of his strengths. A lot of crosses came in. A lot of passes came, you know, to him. Um, you know, I think on another day he might score a couple. We had few headers which went straight at Valdez which is a bit disappointing um and that bit at the end with Townsend I, I'd be annoyed if Benteke didn't react to be honest um yeah you know, I think you know he's got every right to be annoyed with Townsend there but I think yeah no he is one of those players that's you know if he doesn't score fans will get on his back if he does score oh it's fine um he's just that he's, he's that type he's not going to be pressing the back for he's not got you know sort of the stamina or the pace for that he's going to be someone that can hold it up, bring players into game, score from crosses from corners. He's got to, you know, just keep working the ball too in those kind of areas. And you know, he he scored lots of goals for us this season. If we can continue to play the service to him, he'll keep that up. Yeah. Okay. Fair play. Um, did I ask you, Ed? I did, didn't I? My head hurts. I've kind of forgotten. Uh, you didn't know. Um, ah, do you want to share your opinion? <laughs> yes. Yes, I yes I do. Um, I think yeah, the whole. He's lazy thing. I don't think that could be levelled at him yesterday. I think, especially in the first half, as I think I said earlier, him and Townsend were sort of chasing the, that back three down when they tried to knock it around. He sort of faded a little bit in the second half. 
Um, he did have a couple of half chances, like Jack said, a couple of headers that went straight at, at Valdez. Um, but that one where he sort of turned and took quite a quick snapshot that forced quite a good save out of Valdez, I think he got got given as a handball, didn't it, against him, but it seemed a bit harsh. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the whole Townsend thing at the end, I, I don't mind seeing that, to be honest. That's what yeah. that's what you would expect a, a goal-scoring centre-forward to be like. They they want to get their goal tally up, and I think it just shows that he cares. Even the final whistle had gone, and everyone was celebrating a much-needed win, um, and he was still... You could see him still moaning at town. Yeah, why why didn't you square it to me? Why yeah. didn't you square it to me? So it's I haven't got a problem with that, really. It's absolutely raging, even in non-competitive five-a-side. It takes me 48 hours to calm down from anything like that. <laughs> yeah, I'll be exactly the same. Especially if I've had to actually run to get in position for anything. I'm absolutely <laughs> furious. Um, exactly. <laughs> anything in the chat room there as well, Ed? Yes, there is uh, a little bit on Ben Teke. Uh, uh, Addington Eagle says, uh, I think ben, Big Ben has lost two yards of pace and is struggling to readjust his own game. Um, Eagle Simo says, uh, I think given the service he was getting on Saturday, he'll start firing soon. Um, and Adam CPFC says uh, he needs a runner or someone uh, pushed up to help take some players off him. Uh, so I think so a lot of teams are almost doubling up on him. I think is what Adam's getting at. Yeah, and, that's... That's a good observation. You know, obviously he was playing against three centre-backs on his own yesterday uh, for large proportions of the game and still managed to occupy them. And it was nice. He had some great little touches around players and all that kind of stuff. You know, over you guys, I thought he, I thought he was decent yesterday and certainly not deserving of the stick he's been getting. He's always going to get judged because he, he costs an awful lot of money and he comes with a huge reputation. Um, but I think, he's, I think he's doing a decent job. Uh, what does Facebook think then, Jack? Um, a couple of comments on Ben Teke. Mike Callahan, sorry, Mark Callahan says, Wolf and Townsend need to switch wings to get early balls to Ben Teke. Uh, but individually, they're more dangerous as they played yesterday, both cutting inside. But does that leave Ben Teke isolated? Um, a couple of people earlier on, um, I've lost their names, apologies, were sort of, <laughs> oh no, it was, it was still Mark. Um, how can we bring Ben Teke into the game to up top with Campbell? Um, well, for, for me, I would like to see Remy start alongside Benteke. I think that could be a really dangerous attack, and that's something that no no defence would want to play against. So I'd you know just just having a look at our fixtures now. West Brom away, maybe we wouldn't play two up. Um, Tottenham at home, Watford at home. You know there are some there are some games where we could you know put those two up front and that could cause some real damage to the best of defences. Just got to get Remy fit again. Unfortunately, he keeps getting himself injured, doesn't he? So he's um, injured at the moment. Yeah, yeah, he was out. Oh, there goes that. <laughs> yeah, late knock yesterday. Um, uh, well, yesterday during during the sort of the two weeks off, he took a knock and is is out again. Wasn't in the squad yesterday, so uh, you know. What did he do? I think uh, Remy's made Remy's legs are made out of Weetabix. I think. <laughs> Good selection of uh, material there. He could have gone with all, a variety of things. You've gone with Weetabix. Uh, other other breakfast cereals are available. Yeah, other legs made of breakfast cereals are available. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we haven't even talked about. Uh, we did a poll on uh, on Facebook of, the, of who was your man of the match. Um, I'll give you the list of players that people have been voting on: Andrus Townsend, Luka Milivojevic. Uh, I think he said Patrick O'Connor, Patrick Van Arnholt, uh, Amadou Sacco, Johan Kabai, and Wilfred Zaha. We haven't really talked about Wilf's game very much. Had a very good game. Kabai did okay. Did, did all right. Got himself booked early on, unfortunately, which I think negates him sometimes. Um, Van Arnholt had an absolute, you know, it's kind of 
almost forgot to mention the fact that not only did he score a goal, he was excellent all game, got forward brilliantly, very solid at left back. Uh, and again, we mentioned Townsend did really, really well. But on Facebook, uh, Luke has taken it, 117 votes. Uh, closest was Sacco with 75 um, on, on that particular poll. So lots and lots of love for Luca. Uh, on, on Facebook there so he takes it but I was interested to note on the BBS a slightly larger poll not that much larger uh, that Sacco uh, took 40.93% of the votes to uh, Miljevojevic's 31.47 so interesting very interesting to see uh, that, uh, that Sacco sort of got the lion's share on there but not so much in the Facebook poll uh, but certainly those two were the standout players what did you think gents you got to pick who are you going to pick? Start with you, Jack. Um, going to go with Sacco. I think without him at the back, we may not have won that. Could have been a draw. Okay, Tim. Um, I'm going Luca, um, just because that's the player we've been been missing for a while. But I must say, it was such a great team performance yesterday that it has it does make it difficult finding a, a standout player because I just thought there was loads of decent performances yesterday. Absolutely right, Ed. Uh, as a centre back myself, I'm going to go centre half's union and go Sacco. Um, <laughs> yeah, just quality. I think a couple of very vital tackles that saved us yesterday. Yeah, it was, it was Sacco for me as well. I thought he was absolutely superb. But uh, we were talking about it pre-show. There's a graphic that was put out on Twitter that kind of just shows player influence by kind of font size on the pitch. And usually you get a couple of people in large font and everyone else around the same. All the Palace players in very similar size fonts. So. The influence that every player had uh, on the game was was fairly even, and uh, Ward was apparently the standout player in terms of influence on the game, which is uh, which is one we haven't mentioned. But what it what it emphasises is that everybody had a very, had a good game in a Palace shirt, and uh, that's the most pleasing aspect I think from the performance. Uh, dare I ask who starts the next game if everyone's fit? Don't change a winning team, maybe. I think we've probably overrun, so we, we won't start uh, start going down that route. But what I do want to ask you guys, if I might, is uh, we've had a few full storms this season. You know, the, late, the, the most recent being the Bournemouth result, where it looked like everything had come together and it all turned around, and then we went and lost 4-0 to Sunderland. Is there something about this, Jack, that, that makes you think this could be the turnaround? It's more likely to be the turnaround? It kind of has to be, doesn't it? I mean, we're running out of time to turn it around. But, yeah, I think just because the new signings made such a difference today, Luca and Saka were fantastic, and Patrick Van Aanholt was very good as well. But for Luca and Saka, they can only get better. And, you know, we've seen more of a team spirit, which has largely been absent throughout this season, a bit more leadership coming through. So I think this could be could be the start of the revival. I really hope it is, because, like I said, we're running out of, we're running out of chances to kickstart our season. Ed, you mentioned that even Alan Shearer was positive. Are you positive? Uh, I'm a lot more positive than I was uh, this time last week. I think, yeah, we can't afford another full storm, so this really needs to be the the revival. Um, you would hope it is, like Jack said. Now all the new players are in, off coming off the back of the two weeks that he's had to sort of get it into the players' heads that he's tactically more aware than they are, as he said in his press conference. You would hope that now we're going to see with. Uh, some fairly big home games we've got coming up against the teams around us. We're going to see a, a lift in performances and uh, hopefully it is the start of another revival. 
Absolutely right. I just want a quick shout to Andrew Martiniuk, who, who said that Kabai put in a massive shift, big tackles as well, uh, in support of uh, of Kabai's performance there. Um, but go, going back to that point of is this the you know is this the turning point for us? You know, it it just feels it feels like we have no other option now. You know, we we've done a lot of things right over the last two weeks, clearly to to have changed things, um, and. I guess Tim, did I did I skip you again? I'm afraid so. Afraid so. You know, I think I'm getting old. I think that's what it is. You know, it's all you new voices. All <laughs> you've even you've even prompted me in our chat, but I got distracted by a tweet. Look, you know, instead of me talking bollocks about whether or not it's the turnaround, why don't you do so? Okay. Um, well, I do think what well, one thing that's that could go in our favour in the next few weeks. We've got a couple of breaks again, haven't we? We've got. Um, yeah because we're out the FA Cup and the Spurs games being moved as well. Um, I think that could be vital, really. And what we saw, like I said before, that those 10, 10 days, two weeks of the team together, they just seem to have gelled more. And I'm hoping that with those new players blended in as well, that just gives more opportunity for, for Sam Allardyce to work on them. Um, and then taking the positive for the next game, West Brom have reached their 40-point target now, haven't they? So let's hope that they're they switch off and, and we can get something out of that game. Absolutely right. See, you summed it up better than I could. And there's, uh, and I guess, yeah, I guess that's that's a very interesting point. And when you bring it up with about the, you know, the influence the players are having, what what kept Sunderland up under Allardyce was the the impact of the new players. And I kind of, I guess, we all feared that that wasn't going to be the case. We talked about not getting the new manager bounce, um, and then perhaps not getting the new player bounce that you kind of expect when you appoint a new manager and then you do go make those signings in January there's just obviously when we look at the, the dominating performances in in the game against Middlesbrough it was really it's all about the new players you know and that, that has got to be the most encouraging thing about it so that's great thank you so much to everyone who has listened today and, and got involved with the show um, I, I've completely forgot to give a shout out earlier on in the day to Martin Calero, uh, who I believe had the pleasure of bumping into a very drunk Lucy White um, at the pub and uh, was very complimentary about the show. So he gets a shout out. Well done, Martin. Uh, glad to have you listening. And um, I'm so sorry you had to bump into Lucy like that. She, she can get quite <laughs> emotional when, when she's drunk. And uh, if she touched you inappropriately, I can only apologise for setting her loose. So she should have a carer with her at all times. <laughs> that that would just that would that would see if Lucy actually bothers listening to the show this week, don't you? you know, <laughs> I've, I've just remembered Lucy's mum will be listening. Hi, Mummy White. Um, <laughs> I, I am joking about Lucy. She's a good girl, really. Uh, I think I've got away with that one there. Um, <laughs> thanks to Tom and to Sam for producing, and my panel: Jack Watson, Ed Kellaway, and Tim. I've forgotten your surname. Warren. Warren. That's it. I said it earlier, but it was on the screen in front of me. Tim Warren. Never forget that again, will I? <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> it's a horrible, horrible thing to do to you live on radio, isn't it? <laughs> oh, dear. I just, I like the fact that I've crashed at the end of this. I've just... just it started it. so I mean, well, it's just gone, no, gone from, falling from grace, really. <laughs> we did preparation at the start of the show. It was, it was going really well. But, um, I think the mistake I made was not to be drinking throughout the show. Usually by the end, I can just float in a sort of alcoholic fug but I'm, I'm completely sober and it's just shown it doesn't work thank you very much to everyone for listening do check out the preview podcast in midweek which terence ford 
uh, hosts that will be hitting your inboxes probably around Thursday morning, I would guess. Uh, but until next week, goodbye. Talk about the next generation of fantasy football at FanDuel. You select a team of Premier League players for a single day's fixtures. That means you're not locked in for the whole season. You can play, watch, and win in one day. When your players nail it on the pitch, you rack up points and jump up the real money leaderboard. FanDuel's scoring system uses Opta stats to reflect every player's true on-field contribution. So outscore your opponents and win cash for your football expertise. Every Premier League match day with FanDuel and just for Homestale radio listeners we've got an extra special offer right now when you sign up use the promo code palace that means if you don't make money in your first contest FanDuel will refund your entry fee up to £10 so go to FanDuel.co.uk and use the promo code palace to grab the offer now what are you waiting for terms apply over 18s only please play responsibly it's the 90th minute all your mates around You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.